0: Welcome to the Who Cares podcast. Care matters. You feel better when you know that somebody cares about you, and your care matters. People feel better when they know you care about them, especially in the hard times. So who cares? Well, we all care about people and issues and things to some extent. But in this podcast, we're here to search for answers to the question, how can we care better? I'm your host, Dan Hettinger, and today I will be interviewing an aerospace engineer. Here's the way he says it in the interview. Take your stereotypical guy who is proud of his strength and what he can do. Add that to your stereotypical engineer who thinks all problems are solvable within the power of his control, and they are not, and that equals a lonely man in a dark place. We're going to hear the story of this guy and how he got out of it. But just before we, just before we do, I need to thank those who made this podcast possible. First of all, Mountain View Christian Church, where I served as pastor of congregational care. They've been behind us all the way. And several of their Stephen ministers and their care receivers gave us permission to share their stories. Confidentiality is very important. We would not do this without their permission. And just so you know, they were in their caring relationships for a pretty long time, and they've also been out of them for a while, too, so it's not too fresh. Uh, They're doing well, and I'm excited for you to hear these stories. A brief disclaimer, the results of caring relationships are as unique as the situations and the people in them. So your results may not be exactly like these, but caring effectively almost always results in something good. Okay, back to thanks. Dan and Zach Harder helped us launch this project. These eight episodes with Stephen Ministry interviews are being dedicated to the memory of Dan Harder. Dan and I had been working on this idea and we had just begun recording when Dan was diagnosed with leukemia and way too quickly we lost him. His college age son, Zach, stepped up to complete what his dad had started. What a guy, what a hero. I so enjoyed working with Zach. And he did a good job while he was very early in his grief journey. You'll hear their voices a little bit later on. And I also want to thank all of you who have supported us financially. You make it possible for us to do these podcasts and a whole lot more. We are Best Care Ministry. And our website is bestcareministry.com. Go there to learn more. Get show notes and quotes. And please consider making a donation to help expand care ministry and build a culture of care. We are nonprofit and listener-supported. Your support matters. Now, in my interview with John, there are several things I'd like you to uh, be listening closely to hear. First of all, you'll you'll hear the normal challenge of men seeking help. Secondly, listen to for how healing takes place incrementally, almost unrecognizable over a longer period of time. And then lastly, listen to how enjoyable this can be. It can really be fun to be in a caring relationship. Uh, John? Before you developed this relationship with Joel, tell us what was going on in your life and how you were doing. So, uh, then I had,
1: um, I was in a kind of dark place, uh, not clinically dark, but just emotionally and spiritually dark place. Uh, A lot of things had happened in my life, a lot of um, negative, uh, unfortunate events had compiled, and uh, I had taken a lot of those to heart, and they were, they were hurting me, uh, hurting my spirit, hurting my soul, and I was in a downward spiral that I was not stepping forward from. Uh, knew that I needed to, needed to address the problems that were in my life, didn't really know how, didn't really find or desire to make time for them, uh, all the things that happen when, you are, uh, when you're
0: experiencing a dark season in your life. Can you tell us just very briefly a couple of the things that made it a dark season? So um,
1: I'm, a, I'm a single parent, uh, divorced for 13-ish years, um, and have three daughters, and one of my daughters had made a, made a decision, well, in a, a typical challenge uh, between a father and daughter, had made a decision to move to her mother full-time, and uh, that was very difficult on me. Uh, work was A number of events happening at work that was making it more stressful and and more difficult on a daily, uh, weekly, monthly, yearly basis, and just a number of uh, personal uh, views and emotions that were
0: getting out of control
1: brought me to the dark
0: place. When you're in a dark place, what made you willing to take a step to build a new relationship?
1: I think uh, I really do not believe that I can give total credit to anything that I did. Uh, there was a recognition somewhere in the back of my mind that I needed to get to get out of that dark place. Uh, there was um, there was nothing that I specifically went out and pursued. Uh, I give great credit to to you, Dan, because you recognized that my behavior was uh, my my. Demeanor was not where it was before, and you had made the recommendation or asked me if I'd be interested in in uh, having a Stevens minister come into my life and uh, and talk with him. Um, And I hemmed and I hawed and I I tried to find reasons not to, uh, but recognizing that I needed to uh, get out of out of the darkness and and take some positive steps. even reluctantly, uh, and as an engineer, you know everything comes with evidence, and I needed to have some sort of evidence. But I, emotionally, I took that step, and uh, and that's when uh, Joel came into my life, and uh, we've had a a good good relationship and friendship since since then.
0: I, I want to take a couple of minutes and focus on that reluctance that brewed, because I think a lot of people are going through, especially men. I, I don't feel like I need to talk to anybody. I. I don't even want to talk to anybody. I don't want to share my problems. I either want them to go away or, or I want to get through them. I, I will say, John, as credit to you, I at this church also work with the prayer ministry and I knew you were a man of God and because you were always requesting prayer for the concerns that you had. Week after week after week, I would read prayer requests and I knew you were longing for, for changes. But even though your heart wanted changes there was something in your mind and your soul that resists the changes and and that hesitation can you describe that in a little bit more detail
1: Um, so you take the stereotypical typical uh, guy who's proud of what he is and what he can do and his strengths and your stereotypical engineer uh, and and mash them together um, and you have a a person who thinks that all problems are solvable within the realm of his own control Um, and they're not um uh, and so you take that initial initial reluctance to uh have someone else help you solve your problems and then you combine that with a unfair but not uh atypical view of um of uh counseling help uh your traditional help of sitting in a chair with with someone with with big thick glasses on the other side of them asking you uh you know what you thought about your father um that view doesn't doesn't lend itself to saying yeah, that's what I need in my life right now because I, I didn't need someone to psychoanalyze me I didn't need uh someone to to carry me uh from a from a mental um health place because I wasn't in a mental health uh illness at the time um or now um <laughs> Right. So, right. but I did need someone to help me see through and work through my issues. Uh, a large group setting, a uh, big group of, of sharing and caring, is not really something that uh, that I uh, aspire to or, or feel comfortable with. Um, professional help has a number of reasons why that's not uh, conducive or, or something that I seek. Uh, I do my best um, working through issues when I'm with friends. And uh, this was a case of needing someone who was not only a friend, uh, even though at the time we didn't even know each other, but someone who, or someone who would become a friend, but someone who had not been part of my problems for for the previous 10 years.
0: So I don't exactly remember... How you accepted, but do you remember? Do you remember what you were thinking when you finally decided? Okay, I'll give this a try. Um,
1: Dan, I'll be fair. I really do not. Okay. Uh, a lot of my life at that time was a haze. Um, I, I really couldn't recall exactly. I do remember that you asked me, and uh, a couple weeks later at church, uh, at church, a couple weeks later again. Uh, you asked me again had I given any consideration to it and uh, something inside moved me and said yeah, I think that's something that I would like I, something that I certainly need and uh, So uh, I don't give credit to any any specific thought process just knowing that I needed to needed to do something that helped me get away from where I was
0: I think that's pretty amazing. We have an engineer who doesn't give credit to any thought process. Just a, <laughs> just a, a, a move inside that said, go for it. Do you remember your first meeting with
1: Joel? Uh, again, a lot of that time was a haze. Uh, I don't even remember. I think it was at church first. I think you introduced me here in the lobby one day. Uh, okay. We were both here uh, right at the exact same time. I mean, it was like the next week. Uh, and we were here together, and then we made arrangements for... To get together, and Joel came over to my house, and and um, and I really, I do actually remember that when he came through the door, we reintroduced ourselves. So whether we had met before or not, I don't specifically. It certainly did not leave an impression. Uh, no offense intended to Joel, because <laughs> <laughs> he is an impressionable yeah. individual. Um, <laughs> but we started a new. Uh, the impression in my living built, room. right? Yes, the impression built. So
0: we started a new in my living room. Uh, for a couple hours, our first, our first uh, get-together. And, and you know, I respect the fact, too, that it was hazy at that time. You were going through a very difficult time. I, I asked the details in case you did remember, but uh, I certainly understand why you might not have. Do you remember this? Were, were you nervous about your first meeting and wondering if this is going to work or not?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Well, let me phrase it. I don't remember it, but I do have impressions, uh, heartfelt impressions of of the various things that I was going through and and I went through throughout the time that Joel and I uh, uh, met. Um, And I do have a very strong, uh, heartfelt impression of of, um, not really giving credit to what could happen thinking that, okay, well, I'll, I'll spend a couple hours and we'll see what happens and, and go from there. Um, I was willing to give credit, but I really didn't have any, I didn't have any real expectations and I certainly didn't have any positive expectations of, uh, of the time. Uh, as I said, the, the biggest thing I remember from that time was knowing that something had to change.
0: That's, uh, that's fair, that's, that's good. So when you and Joel started meeting, how often were you meeting?
1: We we tried to do it every week. It in reality it worked out to be, be about every other week okay. that we would meet for about an hour two, and a half. Hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. hour and a half um, on Tuesday evenings. I think it was. Yes, uh, anyway, once was a week Tuesday. in the yeah. evenings. Uh, we would we would find time that both of our schedules uh, and, and. the watering of the golf course did not demand <laughs> us to be elsewhere.
0: Okay, and how did the conversation build over time? So it started in this well let's see if anything good comes out of it to what was next and then what followed that? How did, how did it build? Well one of the one of the really
1: wonderful things I, I think of the the way uh, Joel came into the the conversation the, and I presume it's from the way Stephen is taught Uh, was that it started out very collegial Uh, started out just uh, talking about each other about you know who we were and where what our experience has been and where we'd been in life and and just sort of sharing uh, our our, uh, casual cordial conversation and little by little the how are you doing turned into you know what's what's Bothering you this week. Uh, Where's your heart? Where's your? Where is your spirit? Um, what do we need to focus on it was very gradual? Um, I Really couldn't say whether it was Joel who prompted the the uh, next steps uh, in our conversation the the gradual um, the gradual broadening of our conversation from the superficial into the into the heartfelt uh Or whether it was uh, my uh, unburdening of my heart uh, uh, to him. I'm not sure which of it, uh, how it how it uh, formed, how it grew. Uh, I just know that over time it, it grew into a lot more meaningful conversations about specifics of things that were going well and things that were not.
0: Is it fair to say that it grew naturally not orchestrated it just unfolded
1: very very fair uh and that's part of why i can't say exactly how or when there was certainly not in the first half dozen of our get-togethers was anything specifically said so don't tell me tell me how how do you think when are you thinking tonight and you know tell me about your father um you know <laughs> none I don't of those think conversations I ever asked that question <laughs> you know well you did ask me how about how my dad and, and how uh because he was he was an amazing man, right? Um, right. But yeah, not in the context of uh, right, not in of, a bad way,
0: uh, but in no, an inquisitive absolutely. way.
1: Yes, right.
0: <laughs> um, but we get your point. He didn't play this the the psychologist or the he wasn't psychoanalyzing you. Correct.
1: And at no time did I could I ever have uh, thought of Joel as, as anything other than a, a confidant and a comrade and a friend.
0: Yeah, yeah. Can you describe Uh, a sense of progress. I I just heard you say that over time the conversation grew uh, more and more meaningful and more and more about the dark place you were in. Um, Can you describe that a little bit more specifically? Um, As I had the opportunity
1: to share things that were of bother to me, um, I had the opportunity to explore uh, where I really really was struggling and suffering uh, internally Um, so as what started off uh, as uh, polite conversations became meaningful conversations became me unburdening my heart. Can you give
0: us an example of the unburdening?
1: um, So there were several times in that time that uh, I had issues at work and I was able to come and say, you know, this really, this happened this week, and it's really got me down. It's really bothering me, and uh, and I really uh, um, am struggling to, to see the good in this, and and see God's hand and God's plan in all of this, and and um, by listening and by asking me further questions, and and by uh, helping me explore. Uh, a specific time that, uh, that um, people at work were, were being difficult to get along with or, or um, my job was not going well, I wasn't doing very well at the time. I was able to, to view them more from a perspective of where they were in the, the global world and not as much in, in my very narrow focused world.
0: Was there a time you started to feel like you were coming out of the dark and into the light, was there any specific time or did one day you just sort of notice the life was a little different than it used to be?
1: Um, the latter, it was more of a gradual uh, return and, and only in retrospect did I uh, look back and say, oh uh, yeah, I was really kind of in a bad place there and uh, able to see that the journey had, had taken me back into a, uh, a normalcy and even an improvement. Uh, of of my spirit,
0: I think it's really interesting how people have different experiences. Some people may have this dark to light epiphany type thing, and others it it, it comes on gradually, like a sunrise. You know, and the, the the sun comes up slowly in some ways, and yet it was dark the previous night, now it's bright. It uh, seems the sun- that's the way it happened in your life.
1: Yeah, I think sunrise is a good analogy. Uh, the uh, the n- characteristic of the nature of the, the time frame before before uh, dawn is uh, you're kind of used to this dull haze, this darkness, and you don't recognize that there's anything other than, than uh, a grayness around you. And then when the light comes back on and, and the sun is fully up and you're dazzled by its brilliance, then you start to look back and say, oh, that really was very dark.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, great, John. Thanks for sharing that. So, as I've known you and Joel, you two are, uh, you're pretty tight, and I can tell you have great love and admiration for each other. Tell me what it was like getting to know Joel.
1: (laughs) There are all kinds of opportunities for uh, loaded responses on that one. <laughs> um, it was, uh, that's a hard question to answer, because, because uh, Joel is such an open, uh, kind, uh, heartfelt, uh, wonderful individual that uh, it was very easy to talk to him and, and uh, become... Uh, friends the the things that even though there's very little in our lives that are common um, pretty much everything he does and everything uh, that his um, about his character is um, is resonates with me uh, resonates I think with with any any person who who uh, has good friends uh, it has been understanding his life and, and knowing the, about his family and, and his wife and his work and just little bits and pieces of, of un, un, unveiling of his character uh, brought us to a, a good friendship and through that there was a shared experience uh, shared um, difficulty that uh, we went through together and that always tends to bring people together is when they when they uh, have a shared uh, challenge. Uh, that they
0: overcome. Can you describe your greatest benefit out of this relationship? Well,
1: there are three uh, very obvious uh, benefits. The, the first being uh, my friendship with Joel. That would not have happened uh, had I not had an opportunity to to uh, first come beside or have him come beside me as a Stevens minister. Uh, and then we, uh, once the Stevens ministry, once I became a little bit more myself, uh, we kind of matured our relationship into a a Bible study and now it's a a friendship, relational friendship. Uh, So that's the biggest benefit, I think, the one-on-one benefit. Uh, The other equally big benefit was getting me out of that dark place. Uh, That was, Probably would not have happened on its own. Uh, allowed to wallow uh, in in my own self uh, self misery and my own um, selfishness, I probably would have stayed in that, that pit and missed many of uh, wonderful experiences with my daughters and and uh, my family and friends, and uh, would not have had the same the same opportunity to to enjoy life if I had not uh, made the agreement to, to join in with Stephen's Ministries uh, or to become a care receiver. Um, and then the third thing is, is my growth with, with the Lord. Uh, certainly I can't in any way uh, minimize that in that time frame it was all, uh, the subtext of all of our relationships and our conversations was, was that we were both men of God. And um, that okay. That being men of God, we had a, a higher purpose and a higher reason to be doing what we were doing mm-hmm. and needed to honor that and grow in that and stop being so self-centered and being a little bit more uh, godly focused.
0: And it's something how talking with another person makes that happen, isn't it? Very true. You know, uh, the, there's Times we have to work on things by ourselves, but some things just won't happen if we don't open up with somebody else. Very true. Yeah. So uh, how would you now describe Joel? Let, t- tell us <laughs> what, what you think of, of Joel here kind of at the, the end of our time talking.
1: Um, a good man and that's probably the highest honor I can give an individual. He's a, a man of, of tremendous character, of tremendous heart, of tremendous, tremendous, tremendous faith, um, a good friend,
0: uh, certainly to myself and to, to many others. So. Well, I, as I know, Joel, I agree with you, John, but I also want to take this opportunity to commend you for doing the work of taking the risk of working on your dark place and refusing to stay there. Uh, a lot of people are afraid to step into that relationship, afraid to be vulnerable, afraid to talk, and, and you took the chance to do that, got a great result. I commend you for that as well.
2: And this kind of dovetails with what uh, Dan was saying. What would you say to somebody, and guys are different than ladies, we know that. Um, we oftentimes keep relationships, even close relationships, at an arm's length. We go, I don't, I don't know, I, I know I need it, but I don't want really to let somebody enter into my pain, because then they'll know me. And then there's this, what would you say to somebody else who's in a dark place, um, who who is 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 thinking man I need help I, I don't know where to look for it I know I need it relationships have got to stay at arm's length because I'm not that kind of person what would you say to that person?
1: The, the biggest thing is don't be afraid uh, you can't go it alone uh, anything and, and even, even the most um, self-reliant uh, guy knows in, inside that he needs something to help him through um, and it's something that you cannot get from uh, a marriage, a spouse, a, a child, a parent. Uh, of you need another um, person uh, to help you through it. And don't be afraid to say that I, I, use, I could use some help, whether uh, formally, um, whether uh, specifically within the caregiving uh, environment just be willing to not be afraid to get that help and, and talk to someone because it's, it's not scary it really is not okay.
2: Okay. when Dan said hey I think I could have you meet with Joel did you think Joel was gonna try to fix you did you what, what was what were some of your thoughts along those lines where you know okay here's this other guy who's gonna we're gonna meet together what what what's that gonna look like
1: um, I, I don't really know what I thought at the time. my impression at the time was, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll see what happens. you know It'd kind of be nice to talk to someone about what's gone going through and, and someone who doesn't know my backstory and doesn't uh, doesn't have an opportunity to judge me and completely not knowing that, that Joel is not is very non-judgmental. Um, so I, I kind of gave it a, a half-hearted okay, I'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, but then, uh, as I started unburdening and started uh, uh, sharing, uh, I realized how much I needed needed that opportunity and that voice to talk to, or that ears to talk to. Did you ever feel like Joel was
2: trying to fix
1: you? Never. Never. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Joel uh, would make a point quite often uh, that he's not trying to give me, he, I can't give you answers, you know, it, it was something he'd say. Often I just know I hear you, and uh, he would often uh, repeat that phrase when I say, well, "What do you think?" Say, well, I don't know. I'm not really have answers for you, uh, but it would allowed me to talk through and and explore. And, and not that he was was uh, no better than a wall, but he, I mean, because he would often talk and help me uh, challenge my grave misperceptions of things that were going on. Um, so no, I never thought he was trying to fix me. I never put him in the counseling. Uh, it was very natural for him to, to, uh, for me to share with him and for him to share with me. And, and there were times in, the, in our whole journey together where Joel has, has, uh, has commented about how I've helped him with some of, some of the challenges in his life too.
2: So it, so it became mutual you know, along the way? Long. Much later, but yeah,
0: it did. Nice. Very nice. It yeah. helps to talk to somebody.
2: Us.
1: the who cares podcast is a production of best care ministries if you'd like to help us grow this project share this with your friends and please consider donating at bestcareministry.com thanks again to mountain view christian church for their help as we kick this project off this episode was hosted by dan Hedinger. it was produced and edited by zach harter and edited by andrew hettinger our opening song is a new morning by zach harter our closing song is peace in the midst by jim Hedinger. We hope you learned something to help you both receive care and care effectively for someone else. Together, in that kind of care, we can and we will make a positively unforgettable impact on those around us. And hey, we hope to have you back for the next episodes of the Who Cares podcast. Now, take these next two minutes for self-care in the quiet and see what you hear.